Blog Talk Radio. Trundle Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or just have an account on iTunes or any other podcast platform, please leave positive feedback because that helps other people find the show. And this is episode... Uh, this is episode 131, uh, come visit Laura Ingalls Wilder and plan your Laura Ingalls Wilder vacation part two. And before we get going, I have just a little housekeeping to do. That first thing I should say, if anybody is listening live and you or follow the the podcast and get emails when we have new episodes, this is a redo uh, because and I was here thinking harsh things about blog talk radio when it really wasn't their fault because I had hit the wrong button on the setup menu and that was why it was only giving me like two minutes and I deleted that episode and hopefully it will go better this time but if you do get emails uh, it will show too even though I deleted the last one and uh, with that as always as part of housekeeping I want to uh, encourage you to take part in the show you can call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free 1-877-633-9389. Now, I will tell you, and I've said this the last couple episodes, and I haven't actually had time to do it, but I have to call uh, Blog Talk Radio because I have been having issues of trying to have more than one person on the toll-free line. Uh, it comes up and says if the second person tries to call that line, that the lines are all full. It should not say that. Uh, so if you're going to call, at least for right now, you probably want to call the direct number. And since everybody mostly has cell phones that has the national calling for the same price and maybe not everybody but lots of people do it doesn't really matter in fact i have had several discussions with people who were trying to use our landline and did not understand at all what i meant by long distance and having to get a thing that way but so if your cell phone has 
three national long distance or certain minutes long distance, you can call that number. It won't cost you anything anyway. But I am working on the toll-free number, and I'm sorry it's being a pain. Uh, the other thing I wanted to be sure to tell you uh, is that we're going to have more episodes coming in this travel series. My plan is in the last episode and in this one to kind of talk through questions that you need to ask yourself when you're planning a trip. And then I talk about each one a little bit. And it's not going to be uh, my straightforwardest episode because I listened to the end of the last one. I'm sort of riffing off the questions. But these are questions you're going to need to uh, ask yourself before you do any planning. Uh, And it's going to follow up then after this episode with, uh, I'm going to be doing an episode a month. And I hope that you will continue to uh, give me suggestions and things that you think we ought to visit and that kind of uh, hints that we can pass on in those uh, home site specific episodes. Then the last thing that I want to talk about today in housekeeping, uh, if you listen to the last episode, you will see that Um, About 45 minutes in, I went ahead and ended the episode. And I want to tell you a little bit about my studio. And I've told you this before, but if you were just starting with the last one, you wouldn't know. Uh, When I built my Laura Ingalls Wilder building, I was very careful to put in a studio setup. So I would have a place to do videos, and I would have a place to... Uh, do podcast things, recording things from. And to do that, I needed an internet connection. And my brother, who is, well, who was formerly the IT person at the job where he worked, uh, announced we didn't need to run a wire and get a scene, that we could have two separate wireless systems. And then my building is super well insulated, and it really can't pick up. It's just a big mess. The upshot is it's very hard to get an Internet signal in my building. So I have to do my podcast in the house. And if if I'm the only one here and the phone rings, you're going to hear it. And most of the time, I would just go over and hang it up immediately and hope they didn't call back. Uh, And other times, I have to pick up. And that time, it was my brother. She was calling earlier than he was supposed to call. And I just had to stop it and find out what was going on because sometimes he's calling and there's something I have to do immediately. And there wasn't anybody else here to answer the phone. So I apologize for breaking off early. Hopefully, that will not happen again. And uh, we'll be able to go straight forward today. So with all that aside, I think that is all of our housekeeping. And that gets us uh, to 
the question that got us through question five in the last episode. Uh, nope, question six. We were talking about did you want to enter a little Miss Laura contest? Uh, and we, as I said last time, it's sort of uh, think of it in terms of a beauty contest type thing. It has to do with the dress they have, how much they look like Laura, how much they know about the book. The different home sites have different um, contests for them and different requirements. The only reason that I mention it again now, because I kind of talked all the way around this last time, was because Baroque actually has another way to do it, which I think is actually kind of brilliant. Their little Miss Laura serves for a year, and they have a little Miss Laura, a runner-up, and hopefully an Elmanzo. And they're people who live in the area, and they have a longer process. I was the judge for a few years. I had to write an essay and do all this. And then it's like, uh, as I, I mentioned briefly, if you listen to my honey episode, that there are is a system in the Midwest anyway with princesses and queens and ambassadors and princes and you name anything like that, where your job is to go out and represent whatever you're the queen or prince or princess or ambassador of. And uh, and it's normally some kind of product, uh, like there's the beef princess and the lamb princess and, you know, uh, the, the Czech and Slovak Museum in Cedar Rapids, I think, has an ambassador, I think they call it. But anyway, that's the kind of thing that they do. And then these Little Miss Lauras, represent them at various events all around the area during the year, which is just brilliant, although it does mean that you, um, you know, they really can't have people who live too far away. So if you don't live near Baroque, I would uh, suggest not trying or not planning on trying for their Little Miss Laura. Uh, At the time, and this has changed somewhat, it used to be there was a lot more people in the Pepin contest uh, than there was in any of the others. They still have a good turnout, but it isn't anything like they used to get. Uh, so there aren't a lot of, but it's still pretty busy. So Pepin is not a good one to go to if you want a good shot at winning. I mean, it's a fun one to participate in, but don't think, oh, yeah, my daughter will be there, and she'll just easily win. The one I've gone to that was the easiest, or had the biggest chance to win, was the um, one in Independence. They had, the year I was there, and they did not seem to think this was an unusually low turnout. There was like six or eight girls. It was under 10. So, that is a lot easier if you're competing to be the winner of six than if you're winning to be the the or trying to be the winner in 60. So just a hint, if you have a little girl who really wants to be Little Miss Laura, I would plan a trip down to Independence for Prairie Days and see if you can win there. But it's really a fun thing and an experience to be had no matter what the event is, uh, whether you're uh, Laura or if you're one of the 
boy characters or if you're a Nelly, the Nelly ones are sometimes fun when they do those. And that's mostly Walnut Grove. But, uh, so it's a really fun thing to do. So if you're going to be going to this uh, one of the events and you are thinking this, and well, and if you're going to wear your Laura dress anyway, and honestly, what kid doesn't want to, uh, you might as well join in the competition. So think about that, but do look up the information about this year's contest before you go to make sure you're ready. All right, next question. Do you, or is it more important for me to see possessions or places? Now, sometimes people, sometimes people are debating about which site they go to, that they're planning on doing one or doing uh, two or three, or they're planning to do the big circle trip. And we'll come back to that in a minute. But if you are narrowing down the places you want to go, a good question is to ask yourself, do I want to see possessions more or places more? Um, because if you go someplace, well, Mansfield specifically, there will be a lot of stuff. Uh, there will be Laura's red velvet dress and the lace that Ida Brown made her and, you know, her house and her possum plans and the desk she wrote in during On the Way Home and, and just a thousand little things on display in the house and in the museum. So if you really want to see some of this stuff that Laura described in the book, Mansfield is your must-do. And if you think there's a chance you can only ever do one Laura site, then Mansfield is it. Now, in terms of places, really has everyone else beat, just because there were so many books set there. And really, there hasn't they've done an excellent job of developing various sites around town. So there isn't just the Memorial Society. There is the Memorial on the Homestead. There is the Ingalls Homestead um, living history kind of experience. There's the Loftus store, which is still an actual store. Uh, There's the Ingalls family graves. There's Silver Lake just on and on and on and on. So there are lots of places that were described in the book. So if you're looking for places to smet, is probably your best bet. But lots of the other places have um, great things to do too. And like for instance, Pepin has beautiful uh, sunrises and sunsets in the lake and it's just lovely. And Walnut Grove has the creek and independence. And I don't quite understand how he did this because Garth Williams was looking in the wrong place before he did his illustrations, but it matches. It matches the pictures in the books. It matches Laura's description. It's just something to just sit there and you can feel that you're part of it. And uh, Burr Oak wasn't in the books, but they are actually getting a pretty interesting 
you know, network of places in the town. And there are things like you can walk in the same cemetery Laura did. And, you know, there there's just different things at the different home sites. But my um, two biggest questions, answers, is if you want possessions, you go to Mansfield. If you want places, you go to Smet. And there's lots of other reasons to visit to other places. But if you're only going to be doing one Laura trip, as far as you know, you're going to want to do one of those two places, definitely. So, speaking of the cemeteries, do you want to visit a cemetery? Now, when I was growing up, my mother used to say, we go on vacation and we end up looking for dead wilders, which I always told her was not fair. Sometimes they were ingles or quiners. She did not take this as uh, as much of an improvement, but we did. We went to every lore site we go to, there's a cemetery to visit. The Ingalls family, uh, other than Laura and Manley, are buried in the DeSmet Cemetery. Laura and Manley and Rose are buried in the Mansfield Cemetery. Royal is buried in Spring Valley. Uh, there's uh, Anna Berry and... Um, some more distant cousins at Pepin. And again, uh, in the Independence, you can see Dr. Tan's grave or and or uh, per, uh, potential Mr. Edwards. They have a, a, there are a couple guesses on who Mr. Edwards could really be, and one of them's uh, grave is right near Independence. Well, it's right near the Laura home site, actually, would be the better way to put it. Independence is a little further off. But and they're not in the same cemetery, FYI. But there are lots of cemeteries around. Now, there are people who like cemeteries, and there are people who don't like cemeteries. But if you go to the one of the home sites towns, that is going to be something people are talking about. So you may want to uh, talk about it with your own, within your own family and see if that would be something they would want to do or would be comfortable with or not. Um, because when you get there, there will be signs and say things like Wilder Graves or Ingalls Graves or in Pepin, you have to drive by the cemetery to get out to the birthplace. So if you want to stop, if cemeteries mean something to you, make sure you have time for that on your agenda and locate cemetery on a map before you go, uh, especially for Spring Valley, whose cemeteries are confusing. Uh, the, the town, the town's, uh, Perpendicular roads are set up as an angle, so they don't match the county roads. And there are two cemeteries that are in the same general direction. That one is a Protestant and one is a Catholic. And the Catholic is the one you can see first. But even if you can see both of them, they're... It, it is sort of a dance down the various gravel roads to get there. So especially Spring Valley, make sure you know where the cemetery is before you go. But that's something that I think is worth discussing. Also, I will put 
this out there. I usually try not to say what Laura would think about anything political or anything that requires a, a judgment or a thing of opinion about things that are happening now or things that she did not actually say. Because it almost always turns out, surprise, surprise, that when you ask someone about what someone else would have done who they admire, they find that that person would have exactly the same thoughts they would. That is not true. And I don't think you can fairly ask what someone would think. But there is one thing that I am sure about. Laura would have wanted a nice, neat setup. She was upset when she got older that, you know, she couldn't keep the house up as well. She wanted things clean and things tidied away and not having a lot of junk setting around. So it has become a thing to put rocks or pennies or various things that look like they were just picked up in route on Laura's grave, or uh, to a lesser extent now, even on the family grave. And I am 1,000% sure that Laura would not want this. And when you're trying to honor somebody, you don't say, this is what I would do. You would say, what would she want me to do? And having all this stuff on, on her grave is not it. And even if it was, they are cleaned off on a regular basis. So it's just going to be dumped somewhere. There's so much more you can do, so much better places. If you have a special rock you want to bring, and I mean, there's just so many better places to put things than on the tombstones. So all you're really doing is making more work for the poor people whose job it is to keep the cemetery clean. And I know Laura wouldn't like that either. So don't do it. Um, all right, going on. Do I want to stay in a campground, bed and breakfast, motel, or a resort? And resort is not something that there is a big number of choices with. But you will find in most Laura sites, there are campgrounds. Well, pretty much all Laura sites, there's a campground somewhere around. Uh, most, not all, but most will have a bed and breakfast option. A lot of them will have a motel sometimes, uh, like in Dismet, you'll have a choice of motels. And occasionally, there will be a resort, not right there in town, but a little farther away in the next big town. So certainly that is not true for all Laura sites. So what are you willing to stay in? Camping in a campground, you are pretty much guaranteed to be as close to the home sites as possible. But if you're not used to camping, if you don't have all the equipment, I don't think that it's a really good spot to try camping for the first time. Uh, so bear that in mind. Lots of the Laura home sites will also have 
sort of camping, where you'll need to bring along a lot of your, um, you know, pillows, blankets, towels, and things like that, but there is more of a structure there. There are the or the log, or the log, the covered wagons that they have on these homestead. Uh, they have some cabins out at Lake Laura, uh, and you will find various things like that around. So if that would be okay, but you don't really want to deal with the tent, look for that kind of option. If you are, then next up is a bed and breakfast. Now a bed and breakfast is different from a motel is it's usually a room in somebody's home. Now, I have actually stayed in quite a few bed and breakfasts. Sometimes there is a ton of room. Sometimes there is one or maybe two rooms. Sometimes it's basically the whole house. It's more of an experience of staying with someone rather than staying in a hotel. I think everybody has probably stayed in a hotel and can kind of picture a hotel room, a bed and breakfast. There's usually a lot more um, more personality involved, a lot more of a theme. Lots of places have a theme. And uh, they quite, well, they usually breakfast, it's bed and breakfast or B&B, and the second B stands for breakfast. So they will usually do a meal for you in the morning. Now, uh, you will find in most little house towns or in a larger, medium-sized town, nearby a bed and breakfast option. Uh, The best one I have ever stayed at is the Prairie Manor in Desmet. And... They just got new owners, and before this, they always had the happiest breakfast on earth, which was the um, pancake man, and it was just the best. (sighs) But anyway, uh, that is, I think, a really great one, and it's in Bank Ruth's house, and there's a lot of cool things that way. other places, and they definitely had a full breakfast. Some places are trying to get away from that. Now, I have had people leave the breakfast the night before uh, in the refrigerator or whatever they had there. Um, the cleverest one I ever stayed in was not a Laura site. But this guy was a big game hunter. And he wanted, on his family farm, he didn't want to try and keep the house. My guess is he looked down on the house. Uh, He wanted to take the barn and remodel that to be basically a hunting lodge, which is what he did. But they were only going to probably use it a couple weeks a year because it was, uh, you know, in Iowa and, you know, hunting season isn't all that long. So the rest of the time, he ran it as a bed and breakfast, hired a local woman to uh, to basically keep the beds clean and things and meet people, give them the key, and put, you know, this, this like, you could get in a convenience store style breakfast in the refrigerator. 
And I think he probably took a loss on it every year then on his taxes as he ran it as a business. And I just think that was the cleverest, most hilarious thing. But anyway, uh, you, you have really different experiences at bed and breakfast. You will find people who run bed and breakfast who do it because they really want, um, they're really people, people. And they want to talk and they want to tell you interesting things and give you suggestions and be very friendly and outgoing. And then you'll find bread and breakfast people who are more about the setup, that they really liked the idea of putting the bed and breakfast together in the first place, but not so much the having to deal with people. And that's true of bread and breakfast in general, not just Laura home site bread and breakfast, but it's something to keep in mind. And I think as more people are doing Airbnb, I don't know that they're doing the breakfast part as much. You will find now now I I actually have an issue with Airbnb in terms of whether it's a good idea in general or not. But I think these home site towns who do not have enough hotel space for like three months of the year and don't really have that same demand the rest of the year to be able to keep an actual business going. I think this is the perfect way to use an Airbnb and there are getting to be more and more choices around the town. So if you think an Airbnb rather than a formal bed and breakfast might be good for a year, a good fit for your group, uh, look on their website and, um, It changes, so see how many are available for each home site before you just um, before you pick one. I will notice that when you search for a town, it will sometimes throw in bed and breakfasts that are quite a ways outside of that town, like two towns over. So really watch the actual location before you book one. All right. The motels uh, in Laura Towns are, they're either historic hotels, which are kind of nice, or they're just sort of like um, about a nice Super 8 level. Uh, When I was a kid, Super 8 was more like kind of a gulag type thing where you'd have walls of, of bare uh, bare cement blocks and that kind of thing. But they have really upped it. And some of them, you know, they've got nice nice finished walls. They've got artwork. They have pools. They have weight rooms. They have a um, dining area that's big enough for quite a few people. In pretty much any motel nowadays that is on the lower or medium level is going to have uh, is going to have a refrigerator and a microwave, which are very important things if you are bringing along your own stuff to eat or you want to you know keep your water and bottles cold or have ice or any of that thing. So you can, for pretty much standard, just assume there's going to be a refrigerator and a microwave and there might be a laundry there might be this and that and all these added things so i would say that the levels 
of motels and hotels in these areas are about at that level. Now, if you're thinking it's going to be a super fancy place like a resort on the Disney grounds, no, 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 that that is not what the, the motels in the actual towns are. You will, however, there are usually Laura towns and then a bigger town in the area. Uh, for instance, DeSmet is within an easy drive of two different college towns. So you might find a nicer place there. Brookings has a bunch of hotels, including one, uh, well, at least it used to. I haven't lately, but it used to have a water park. So, you know, there are nicer hotels around, but you would have to trade off for being farther away from the home site. And when I went to Walnut Grove for the uh, 2014 cast reunion, they, I stayed in Springfield for various non-Laura reasons, but I thought, oh, well, it won't be that bad. It'll be, it's 30 miles, sub 30 minutes, not a big deal. It took forever. And I usually drive uh, around that far a day, and it doesn't bother me, but it was really enough of a jaunt that it bugged me, and that's someone who's used to Midwest driving. So just kind of bear that in mind, that uh, you may want to take a lower level of accommodation to be closer to the home site and get to do more things and not to be having to drive for miles and miles and miles in the pitch black through an area you don't know. All right, question 10. Can I connect my Laura trip with another destination? Yes, you sure can. The, there are all sorts of things to do in the Midwest, and most of the home sites are pretty close to an interstate. Now, by pretty close, I don't mean they are on the interstate, except Mansfield, but they are darn close. Um, the Highway 14 Smet is on is, for example, a four-lane road, you know, a divided highway uh, for a lot of its route, not all the way into Pepin. I mean, not all the way into the Smet, but a good chunk of the way. Pepin is on the river road along the Mississippi River, and a lot of the other home sites are within, you know, a county or two of a major road. So if you're going on a trip someplace else and it's just nearby Alora home site, you can sure make a, a swing over and pick up Alora site on the way, even though your trip is really going someplace else. Or conversely, there is a lot of the Laura home sites, and this might also influence which one you pick for your first trip. There are places uh, with different kinds of vacation in, uh, for other people in your trip. For instance, uh, Keystone, South Dakota, and Branson, Missouri, which is south of, uh, southwest of Mansfield, it isn't all that much further and they're, you know, kind of 
vacation destination places where there's things like dinner trains and zip lines and uh, little car drive tracks and things. So there's all kinds of stuff to do in the Midwest, and it is sure easy to either zip out of your way to a Laura site or to zip out of your way to hit another kind of vacationing if somebody else in your group likes that. My mom always said, again, on trips, that uh, we went to the Laura home sites, and to be fair, we went to tractor junkyards for my brother. And before you get too concerned for him, you should know there are a lot more tractor junkyards than there are uh, than there are lower home sites. And a lot of them do not have the best bathrooms. But anyway, yeah, so it's easy to add a lower site on another trip or add another kind of stop on a lower trip. And it's always good to kind of consider who in your group is interested in what before you pick a location because it might be that you can get somebody interested in one thing and not in the other. And it's always too bad to take a trip with someone who has no interest in why you're going there. Do I want to go on a bus tour? Now, there are various kinds of bus tours that are available. Some of them are profit enterprise some of them are education tours. Uh, I actually was on one, and there was another one, which really kind of irked me that they used some of my stuff and didn't even tell me I could come along. It was kind of irritating. But that was another one that was a class. Uh, there is Little House Travel or Tours, Little House Tours, I think, and they take vans, and you can drive your own car following them. There's all sorts of different kinds of toury things. And if you haven't been to any of the Laura home sites and you're feeling um, concerned about having to drive through the Midwest, which you really shouldn't, honestly, you shouldn't. But if you are, a bus trip might be a good thing for you. Now, sometimes bus trips have extra things along. So, for instance, I went on a bus trip from Borough to uh, the Malone, to Malone for one of their big party things, and uh, they had a special tour arranged for the bus. So you might find things like that. It might be that it means there's a lot more people and you can't really have that quiet one-on-one time. It might be that you'll make friends on the bus. It might be that there are extremely annoying people on the bus that insist on doing weird things. And by that, I mean bus things. Like, it was... I'm not going to go into details on that, though you can ask later if you want. So anyway, if you like bus tours, If you think you'll be feeling nervous to go by yourself, there are bus tour options. You want to keep your eye out, and you may have to do a little searching. And there isn't one of the class ones every year. There isn't maybe one um, specifically to a Laura site. 
every two Laura sites that are Laura's done every year. But keep an eye out. Look for organizations. Look for different organizations. Uh, talk to your bank. A lot of banks do bus tours and see if there might be one that could be set up. So bus tour is an option. Do I want to travel alone? Well, I end up doing a lot of traveling alone uh, and also traveling with my mom because I a lot of times am doing a speaking engagement. And I've traveled with friends and it really, in the Midwest, it isn't that big a deal. Uh, I think traveling as a woman alone, you do have to be aware like you do when you're traveling anywhere. But I don't think that uh, there's anything that you should really be specifically uh, worried about. There uh, is, you will have to be doing a lot of driving. There will be a lot of driving where there's big spaces in between towns. There will be lots of driving where um, it, it just it may not be territory you're used to, which can make some people nervous. The benefits of traveling with a friend or a family member is that you have somebody to talk to, you have somebody to ask questions about, you have somebody to take pictures of you, which is a good thing. Uh, but if you're traveling by yourself, you're more likely to get to go just where you want to go, not having to stop anyplace else. You usually can take a little longer because you don't have somebody tapping their watch. Uh, you can uh, get, you tend to get more conversations. Like if you're eating at local restaurant, mom and pop style restaurant, and you are eating by yourself, you're more likely to get to talk to the locals uh, than if you are eating with somebody and they might know hints or things that you might not have seen or just kind of give you a better impression of what the town is like. So there are definite advantages to traveling alone. Um, but it's one it, it's not a, a question where there is a right answer, but it will impact your trip a lot uh, in terms of what you'll be able to do, how confident you'll feel if you are going by yourself or if you're going with someone. I will also say, as a, just as something I have found in my own life, if you have somebody with you, even if it's a little kid, you feel a lot more confident than if you were by yourself. So if you are worried about going on this trip alone, I would try and find a friend to go with you because it really will make you feel more confident. But that is, again, up to you. Do I want to travel by interstate or on scenic byways? Now, there's usually a choice of both. And if it's not interstate, it's a big highway or a divided highway. They normally don't get you all the way there. You can take I-90 to within about a county and a half of Walnut Grove, but it doesn't go straight there. You can uh, you know, it, it's usually at least a couple counties away. But what I think of most when I think of this question is Highway 14 parallels I-90. 
And Highway 14 is the Loring Ingalls Wilder Memorial Highway. If for no other reason, it, you might want to take it at least partway because it has these great little signs that say Loring Ingalls Wilder Historic Highway. And it goes from just a little beyond Pepin, Wisconsin, through Spring Valley, Minnesota, Baroque, Iowa, Walnut Grove, Minnesota, uh, and on out to Smet and then Keystone. They will also have different names along the way, but that stretch is the Loring Ingalls Wilder Historic Highway. You also can, um, you know, there are all sorts of byways that you can take. And a plus on the byways is you're going to see a lot of the landscape. And Midwestern landscape, especially around the Iowa, Minnesota, South Dakota area, isn't like landscape in, say, Illinois, where you have miles and miles of flatness as far as the eyes can see. There's rolling prairies. There's lakes. There's uh, timbers. There's crops. There's little farmhouses, there's towns, there's odd little museums. Uh, especially Highway 14, you go through places Laura talks about in the book. Uh, things like, you know, Sleepy Eye. There's lots of things to be said by taking the byway. But it might, it does mean it takes more time. So do you want to take Highway 14, where it might actually take you, you know, a, another half day to make the same distance, or do you want to take I-90 that will get you across Minnesota in a, a pretty good flash? So it's it's up to you. Again, this is one of the questions about what you value more and what your trip will allow. And my last question is do I want to do multiple Laura sites on one trip? Now, again, this is a question that is really personal. There is not a wrong or right answer. It can be that people are planning on doing one Laura trip in their lifetime, and so they want to take the big circle route, which means you get in Laura's, um, well, sort of the circle where she lives, and then you do all the home sites, uh, Pepin, Baroque. Spring Valley, um, Walnut Grove, DeSmet, Independence, Mansfield, in one big circle. And sometimes even hit some of the smaller places along the route, hit swing up and hit Denton or whatever. And sometimes they just, they do a circle, but they're just hitting, you know, the very biggest towns. Um, uh, say Walnut Grove, DeSmet, Mansfield as a, an example. So, if it's going to be your one trip, you definitely want to do as much as you can or at least have as many experiences as you can. So that's something to to keep in mind. Uh, but also, by the time that you have prepared properly. Now, people seem to think that you will show up in the town and they will like have, boom, here's all the information you need. Or there will be a book and it's, boom, here's all the information you need. 
That is not true. It's really not true about any place, but it is especially true about lorisites. And if you have done your research, you can spend days in any of the lorisites and still not see everything that there is to possibly see. And you also, when you're trying to prep a trip like that, things roll together in your head. And especially if you're traveling with someone who is not a big Laura fan, you get to the place where, you know, it's, oh, it's another cemetery. Oh, it's another creek. And they kind of lose some enthusiasm. And you might not be able to remember everything about it because you were prepping for trying to hold all this information about all the different home sites at once. So whether that will work for you or not depends on the amount of time you have. It depends on how you're getting there. You know, one negative point about being in the Midwest is there just is not a lot of public transportation. There just isn't. You pretty much need to rent a car to go to the Laura home sites unless you can get on a bus tour or drive your own car. So if you're flying in, uh, you know, some of the people you talk to from Europe are like, oh, well, I'm flying in here and then I will take the train. And we're like, no, there aren't trains there anymore. Sadly, the U.S. went from having one of the best train systems in the country over the course of 100 years to having, or in, in the country, in the world, to having one of the worst. So there is no real good system of trains. I mean, not that there aren't some places you can do train travel, but it isn't like a standard every day thing like it is in a lot of other places. Uh, and the bus travel isn't the same kind of level as they're thinking either. So you really do uh, want, you're going to want a car. But how you are traveling around, if you fly in, you are probably not going to then do a, the big circle route in a rented car. It's just too much. So that's something to keep in mind. Another thing to keep in mind is how much time are you actually going to spend at each home site? And again, it depends what you are going to do. There are always things you can add. There are always things you can cut out. That's really why planning is an important part of any trip. Uh, somebody asked me uh, on one of the Facebook pages, where they put out a general ask, how, many, uh, how much time should I spend in Dismet? And you've got people saying, oh, I saw everything in one day. And then you get people say, oh, you should leave three or four days. There's lots of stuff to see. So it kind of depends on what you want to see, what you want to do, what time you have. Now, if you don't want to do the big circle route, but you're thinking you can should do more than one home site on the trip, I would strongly recommend bunching together Walnut Grove and Smet, especially if you can go while the pageants are, are on. Their pageants are really entirely different creatures 
Walnut Grove is is more of sort of a Hollywood production with special effects and really cool stuff. And Dismiss is more on um, dropping in on the English family and what and sort of uh, watching them. Uh, without, you know, just sort of watching them as they really lived without a lot of extra stuff going on. So that is always a great thing if you can match those two together. And even if it isn't pageant, there's a lot of hands-on stuff in both Walnut Grove and in Met. So if you've got little kids, that's a good thing to do. If you have more time, you can also then uh, hop on out to Keystone you drive across the state of South Dakota, but there are so many places you can stop along the way if you have time. But if you're just doing sort of the major Laura sites, Walnut Grove and Smet break out together. Then on the sort of eastern part of the tour, there is Pepin, Spring Valley, and Baroque. And those, especially if there isn't an event going on or there isn't, you know, something that you really are going to want to research, you can knock those off in a, in a weekend, in a, you know, leave on, on, on a long weekend, like leave on Friday and get back home on Sunday, that kind of thing. If you're going for one of the festivals, that will take at least a whole day all by itself. So if there's a festival going on in one of the places, uh, you may want to just add on a quick visit in one of the others, or you may just consider going there for that event and leave the others for another time. I would, if you haven't been to any of the Laura home sites, and you know you're going to have more than one trip, I would recommend that trio of sites, of Spring Valley and Borough and Pepin, as the best place to start. They're smaller sites, and they'll sort of get your foot in the door and get you kind of used to it before you go to Walnut Grove or to Smet or Mansfield. And then the southern route, people a lot of times will hit both Independence and Mansfield. So that's sort of how they break up. Now, there is also Malone in New York State, and it is too far away to be on anybody's kind of circle in route, although it is certainly drivable from there down to Danbury, Connecticut, where Rose lived, but there really isn't much to do there. You can see her house from the road and the church. She uh, had sort of, she didn't belong to it, but she did a lot of stuff with that group of people. So that would be how I would break it down if you know you're going to take multiple trips. And I hope those questions, let me just run through them again quick. Do I want a big experience or an intimate one Should I visit during a pageant or festival? Do I want to travel with friends or family? What should I read before I go? How much am I willing to spend? Watch out for our gift shops. There's lots. Uh, how and what are we going to eat? Do I want my daughter to enter a Little Miss Laura contest or my son to enter one of the um, male versions? Uh, is it more important for me to see possessions or places? Do you want to visit a cemetery? Do I want to stay in a campground, bed and breakfast, motel or resort? 
Can I connect my Allura trip with another destination? Do I want to go on a bus tour? Do I want to travel alone? Do I want to travel by interstate or on scenic byways? And do I want to do multiple Allura sites on one trip? And answer those questions, and then you're going to be in a much better place to prepare for your Allura trip. As we continue through the year, we are going to be doing one episode, I hope, a month on each of our home site towns, the major home site towns. And if you have any suggestions for Pepin, which will be the first one, we'll go in chronological order, uh, be sure to send any hints or suggestions or good stories about the place to me. And with that, uh, thank you for coming along on today's Trendle Bed Tales, and I hope that we will see you real soon uh, at Allura Home Site. Remember to brighten the corner where you are. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.